All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Matt, if we haven't met. I am on staff here at New Denver Church, and we're so glad that you guys are able to join us this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it's so good to, to see you guys here. Uh, this is actually a really interesting weekend because all three of the pastors are gone. Um, Norton and Emily have started their sabbatical, and Stephen's with the in-laws up in Wyoming. So our coup is working perfectly. Uh, we, no, I'm just kidding. We're, we're so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> we're so grateful to have you guys. Um, if you guys missed last week or if this is your first time here, uh, last week we started a series starting with Proverbs. So we decided as a church that as 2020 is over and 2021 and we're getting towards the end of a pandemic that we all can use a little bit of wisdom in how we approach life and how we can live as Christians. So we decided to look at the book of Proverbs. So if you guys missed last week, we are giving away, they're free, there's these awesome journals of Proverbs. They're beautiful, they go through the whole book. And on the left side, there's the text, and on the right side, there's this awesome place to, to journal if you're into journaling. So uh, today, if you want one, they're free on your way out, grab one of those. Proverbs is such a fascinating book, and wisdom is something that I could stand up here and, and tell you guys about for hours, which I hope to give you guys a little snippet of it. But I think one of the best ways that we can see wisdom in our lives is through stories, through stories of people that we know, through narratives that reveal what wisdom looks like. And I'd like to share that and start that today with you guys. In this story, the, the main character's name is going to be Ben. And Ben is this awesome guy. He is a rock star. He's in high school at this point, and he is what every kid wants. So he's what every parent wants their kid to be. He loves the Lord. He doesn't make dumb decisions, and he truly is an incredible guy. It gets to the point in Ben's life where he decides, like most of us, it's time to go to college, and he decides to, to travel and go to a different state, and let's say that he goes to Colorado, because everyone's coming here anyways. So he goes, and he, he comes to Colorado, and he's about to begin school. And fortunately for Ben, his, his girlfriend, Sophia, comes with him, and Sophia is incredible. She's super smart. She's beautiful. She is pure. She is lovely. She's what every parent would want their son to date. She's so great that she even loves the Rockies and she hates the Dodgers. Like, she checks off every single box. She's wonderful, right? Sorry for all the LA people in here. And sorry for the Rockies fans, too. It's a rough year. Um, but she truly is wonderful. She's awesome. And Sophia, it's not just that she has this knowledge and it's not just she is morally wonderful. She has a presence about her, right? When you walk into a room with Sophia, you just know that everything's gonna be okay. She understands how the world works. She gets it. And when you're with her, you're not concerned about what's going to be happening. You're not stressed about the decisions you're going to make because if you just listen to Sophia, she gets how the world goes and you're going to be fine. And think about who that is in your life, right? Maybe it's your, your spouse or the person that you're dating. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend that you have that when you're with them, you just know that everything's going to be okay. As they're in college, it's their first week, and as anyone who's went to college know, the first week is really pivotal, right? You get to decide who your friends are, you get to decide who you want to be, the old opinions and perspectives of yourself really don't matter anymore. You're somewhere and you can reinvent yourself, and this is exactly, sadly, what Ben wants to do. Ben doesn't want to be known for his faith anymore. He, he wants to go away and make decisions that really don't reflect Christ. It's not that he doesn't want to be a Christian, he just doesn't want to be the kid who's known for his faith, and if this means going to parties every now and then, if this means doing some things that he may not have before, he's okay with that. He doesn't want to be known as a partier. He doesn't want to go down this bad path, but he wants to fit in. And peer pressure gets to Ben. And Sophia, on the other hand, does things a little bit different. She likes who she is. She knows who she is. She understands how the world works. And 
she doesn't want to go and do that. So she stays involved within the church and she continues on to live this good life and they're still dating. But as the semester goes on, Ben begins to become more and more of a partier, right? This, this occasional thing becomes a bigger thing. He begins to be more reckless with his decisions. The, the people that he's hanging out with are just bad eggs. They're not good people. And Sophia looks and she sits down with Ben and she goes, Ben, you gotta stop. This is gonna be destructive. This is not good for you. And Ben looks at her and says, like any 18-year-old kid for the most part goes, I know what I'm doing. It's okay. I got this. And by the time we get to the midterms point of the semester, Ben is getting more and reckless. He's getting more destructive with the habits and practices that he's doing. And Sophia has to look at him and say, Ben, I love you. I care for you. But I can't do this anymore. You gotta take some time off and if, if you can change and get your habits back on the right track, then I would love to come back to you. But right now, I, I can't be with you. I can't help you, Ben. And this sends Ben down a spiral. He's distressed, he's hurt, and he continues to get more reckless with his decisions. He continues to make self-destructive decisions with the habits and practices that he uses. And at the last week of the semester, Sophia sees Ben, and Ben sees Sophia, and Ben runs over to Sophia and says, Sophia, I need you back. I need you. I'm stuck. I don't know what I'm doing. And Sophia looks, and she sees how bad Ben is. You can visually see the decline in him, and it breaks her heart. But she says, Ben, I I can't help you. You've made your decisions, and then you have to live with them. There's consequences. I'm really sorry, but, but I can't help you. In the next semester, sadly, Ben is not able to return to college. His grades weren't good enough. He, he threw away the future opportunity that he had because of these little decisions that he made that began to snowball, that begin to change who Ben was and the person that he is. And the sad part is this story is not new to us, right? We can all think of someone, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend, whether it was yourself or you're currently in this now where you feel like you're not making your own decisions anymore, you feel like you're trapped with the circle of friends that you're in or with the habits that you're in and you just can't escape. You're stuck in this cycle that's hurting you. And again, we, we all can think of someone. This isn't a new story. In fact, this is a story that's been going on for thousands of years. This is a story from the beginning of time, right? The story I just told you is actually from the text we're gonna be looking at today. Today we're going to be in Proverbs 1, 8 through 33. And this story is about this exact scenario. See, the word Ben, the character of Ben I chose, is just the Hebrew word for son. Um, it's just a guy who, this is his parents giving him instruction, as we'll see in a moment. I chose the Hebrew word for son because it's something that we all can relate to. This is to any kid, any son and daughter who has this instruction. And Sophia is actually just the Greek word for wisdom. So this whole time we've just been talking about us and how we relate to wisdom and we'll get into what that looks like here in a second. But Ben means son, Sophia means wisdom and we'll, we'll continue that as we go here. But the, there's two main stories in, eight, in Proverbs 1, 8 through 33. The first one is in, verses, in Proverbs 1, 8 through 19 and I'm just gonna read you the text real quick. It says this. Listen, my son, Ben, listen to me. To your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland of grace around your neck and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie and wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless souls. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole, like those who go down into Sheol. We'll get all sorts of valuable things 
and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us, and we will share all the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot in their paths, Ben. For their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such paths, such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. The, the story of this text is, Ben, don't follow these guys who are just trying to get rich quick and are willing to do anything to do it, right? Don't follow these people who are willing to hurt others, willing to hurt themselves in order so they can get rich quick. And I mean, the story is pretty self-explanatory, right? Don't hang out with bad, sinful people. The people that you surround yourself with, the friends that you are with are gonna shape who you are now and mold who you are in the future. So don't follow them. Stay clear of them and it's going to be okay. Trust us, we know how this works. But the minute you decide to follow them, it's, it's gonna hurt you. It's gonna hurt you, Ben. And this is important, of, of course, for students and those who are young, but it's also important for all of us here in this room, right? Whether your friend group is super big or it's really small, the people that you hang out with are gonna mold who you become and they're gonna shape who you are now. Who, who are some people in your life that are there? Are the friend groups that you have one that are molding you to become more like Christ or are they leading you away to become more like your friends? This is really important to all of us, not just those of us who, who are students. And in verse 10, it kind of gives the thesis of this whole section. This is the main takeaway from right here. It says, my son, Ben, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. Follow good company, Ben. That's what we're trying to tell you. The second half of the story happens in, in verses 20 through 33, and this is where we meet Sophia. This is where we meet Lady Wisdom, and in this passage, she shows up and she's giving a sermon for everyone to hear. She stands and she shouts and she's giving this wisdom for all of us to hear. Whoever, will, whoever wants to listen can. And one thing that's really important about Sophia, and we'll talk more about Lady Wisdom throughout this sermon series, is that she was with God in the beginning. When the God created and spoke the universe into existence, she was there with God. She understands how the world works because she saw how it was created to be. So if you just listen to her, it's gonna be okay. She knows how the world works. She understands it. So if we stay with Sophia, if we just look and obey what she says, we're gonna be okay. She knows how life works. So if we stay with her, we in turn will live the best life possible for ourselves. And in verse 20 here of chapter one, we see Sophia for the first time in the book of Proverbs and she says this sermon. She starts off, and it starts off like this in verse 20. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. And at the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will those who are simple love your simple ways? How will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts on you and I will make known my teachings to you. But since you refuse to listen when I call and pay no attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard my advice and you do not accept my abuke, I will turn and laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me, but I will not answer. 
They will look for me, but I will not find them. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not return, sorry, since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the wayward of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and ease without fear and harm. Sophia knows how this world is. She understands how it is because she was with God at the beginning when he created this universe. So if we follow her, everything's gonna be okay because we have a guide. We know how this is. We've been given this book. We've been given Proverbs and the Bible to know how the world works. And if we follow it, there's no need to fear. We're gonna be okay. The way that this, this sermon given by Sophia, the way that this poem she gives to everyone who's going to hear it is structured, the main emphasis is on verses 27 through 30, and I'll, and I'll read them again. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then I will not call out. Then they will call out to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. And since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke. Yikes, right? Sophia sounds like a friend that's only there for you when things are good, and when things get hard, she leaves. But thankfully, that's, that's not what she's saying here. What Sophia is saying is that your actions have consequences. The actions that you do are gonna have consequences. They can be for the good and the positive, or if you have bad actions, they can be for the negative. She wants you not to go down a path that will lead to negative consequences because once you ring that bell, it's really hard to unring it, right? We have all experienced this in our own lives with the decisions that we make. We all know this. and we're, I'm in a really fun time in my life right now where a whole bunch of my friends are getting married and they're having kids and it's so clear to see. We teach this to kids at the youngest age, right? We have friends that they have a few kids and one of the little boys, whenever he's picking on the little girl, says, hey, you have to stop. Otherwise, you're gonna go have to sit in timeout. And like any two and three-year-old kid, they keep doing it and they have to go to timeout, right? We all understand that the actions that we make have consequences. We teach this to kids out of the womb and we see this all in our lives as adults. But it's still hard, right? And I don't know about you guys, but a lot of the times, it's not I wanna do better actions, it's I just don't want the consequences for the bad actions, Right? If you could continue to make the self-destructive habits and practices, if you could continue to do that, and no one would know about them, and there would be no consequences, there would be no bad consequences for the bad decisions that we make, would you want to stop doing them? Or if you're like most of us, it's, I just don't want to have the consequences. And that's what Sophia is going against. She's saying, no, no in order to become my Christ, in order to live as the world was created to be. It's not about just not having the negative consequences. It's growing and becoming better, and I have the answers to do that. This passage is beautiful, and it's rich. I think the application is just as powerful. There are really two main application points for, for this section. In the first one, I heard this in sixth grade, and it's radically shaped how I am. It's, it's molded me, and I heard this in the sixth grade chapel service, and it's, if you show me your friends, I will show you your future. The people that you hang around with, the community that you associate with, are going to shape who you are. They're going to mold you into the person 
that you are going to become. So the question is this, who do you want to be? And if you want to be someone who continues to grow in their relationship with Christ, you have to surround yourself by people that grow in their relationship with Christ. If the friends and the people that you are associating with are hurting you and hurting your spiritual walk, then you may need to look and change who you are spending your time with. But I mean, like one thing super clear, I'm not saying that we should go and live in a Christian bubble. We can't do that. We need to be interacting with people who are not in the faith. We need to be interacting with people who are not in the church. That's our witness and that's who we're called to be. But who are the people that are influencing you? Is it people who are helping you in your faith or is it people that are causing you to stumble and making you fall back down the road? Proverbs gives a really clear example. Follow good people. Avoid those who are hurting you and stick to those who are really good to you. And the second application that we see here is, man, you have to stick with Sophia. Stay with Sophia. Stay with wisdom. When I think of wisdom, a lot of the time I think of it's this big idea of what job should I take or what places am I gonna move to? These really big decisions in our life and that's totally an aspect of wisdom that we will explore in these next 11 weeks. But one of the simplest ways that we can be wise and live wise lives is to just stop doing the destructive habits, decisions that we're making. An aspect of wisdom is just not being foolish, Right? And we all have these self-destructive habits. We all have these behaviors and these sins that are hurting us and hurting those around us, right? We all know them. If you're still, if you're struggling and you're addicted to porn, stop watching porn because it hurts you. It's destructive to those around you. If it's gossiping behind people's back, let's stop doing that because it hurts you and it hurts those around you. If you are addicted to work and you're grinding yourself into a pulp week after week, and you don't have the energy and time to care for your family and for yourself, stop doing that. It's harmful and it hurts those around you. Again, you know what the self-destructive habits you have in your life are. But let me make another thing really clear. Most of us know what they are and we want to change them and we've tried really hard. I'm not coming up here and saying that you have to try harder, you have to try harder to fix this. That's not the case because a lot of us have worked really, really hard to change it, but we just can't. It feels like we're here and we make these decisions for the first time and we grab onto them and the more and the harder you try to escape, the harder it grips onto you and you just can't break these sinful behaviors. You can't break these destructive habits as hard as you try. I have really good news for you though. I think that there is a way that we can begin to break down these destructive habits. I don't think that we're here and we're stuck like this together forever. In a few minutes, we're gonna take communion here and love taking communion. It's one of my favorite times of the week, but when we do and we come and we take communion, I think it's really important for us to remember what communion does, what is, how it's efficient. Community, yes, forgives us to God. We can have a relationship with him, but there's one aspect of communion that I think we forget and it comes out here in, in Galatians 5.1. We're reminded what Christ's death accomplished. And it is, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We are free as Christians. We don't have to be stuck within these sinful habits anymore. Let's say that one more time together here. Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, we have the ability to break through these habits. And these habits are hard, right? And it's going to take time 
for those of us here who are in Christ and we've been given the Holy Spirit, it's going to take time for us to break away from these destructive habits in our life. But over time, that grip will loosen through the Holy Spirit and through being in communion with each, and being in community with each other. So my task and my challenge for you guys is this week, find someone that you trust dearly, whether it's in this community or somewhere else, and tell them the sin habits that you're struggling with. Found someone who you can have an accountability partner with. It's where when you're struggling with this, you can let them know and they can walk alongside you as we get better in this. And one of the best ways that we can do that is going to counseling for some of the addictions and behaviors that we have. If you guys feel like you're trapped and you're stuck, please come and talk to myself or some of us, one of us on staff here after the service. We at New Denver Church have actually created a mental health guide. We have counselors listed in all around the Denver metro area that specialize in various things. And we'd love to give you that resource so we can help you guys grow in your relationship with Christ. But also, come and talk to us. And we want to join alongside you in this journey. If it is freedom that Christ has come to set us free, then come, we'd love to join with you in these hard times and in the times where we feel like we're stuck because we truly do believe in the transformational power of the Holy Spirit and we believe that things can change and we'd love to join you in this. As, we take, as we're about to take communion this week, let's remember that through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, we are free We are free because of what he has done, how he has defeated sin, how he has defeated death, and we can participate with him in bringing his kingdom here on earth. We can join with him and that we don't have to be who we once were, but we can grow through the Holy Spirit and through involvement and engagement and community with the local church. Will you guys join me as we we say this prayer of confession and the band is gonna sing a few songs and during the first song, if you wanna come and take communion and be reminded of the freedom that we have within Christ. Please come up here when the first song is played. Let's say this prayer. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you, thought, word, deed, by what we have done, by what we have left undone.